I've got about ten seconds to tell you how to get two-for-one tickets for top draw comedy nights near you thanks to our friends at the TV channel Dave at absoluteradio.co.uk. Also, I've got to tell you about how you can win prizes while you're there too. I've run out of time, though. Frank, 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 Skimmer, Frank Skimmer, Absolute Radio. Good morning, this is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio, and I'm with Emily Dean, and I'm with Laura Sower. Everybody. <laughs> Two little girls. Oh, and uh, if you want to text us about anything, we're on 8, 12, 15, as ever. Mm. Did I tell you I tried to remember that the other week and couldn't, couldn't what, remember What, 8, 12, 15? I tried to just remember it when I was, wasn't in the radio, um, the radio room. I was going to call it. I like to think of this as the radio room. <laughs> like why some people have a utility room. <laughs> this is my radio room. There are no white goods in here. It's like the high dependency unit. <laughs> well. In many ways. Mm, I'm not going into that. And, uh, and um, didn't you used to have a loyalty card then? <laughs> right back at you, my friend. <laughs> Oh dear, it's nothing like a slightly sordid past. <laughs> I don't know these people, man. Instead of just lived a, lived a good life, it's uh, it's it's terrible. Um, apart from Richard Bryars, of course, who did oh, live yeah. a good life. Yeah, he's a very lovable man. Mm. Um, as winter um, as winter kicks in, I think it's fair to say, mm. I've. Um, let me tell you, something has changed in my life, which is something I've fought and, and been proper anti oh. for many years, is I've started wearing um, socks in bed. Embrace it. I've been oh. doing it for ages. Yeah, I, but I've always thought, you know, occasionally I've thought, it's really cold, I'm going to leave my socks. In the middle of the night, I think, oh, I'm, I'm in the grip of my socks. <laughs> and I felt really restrained and horrible. And I also, it always worries me, because I don't have a specific bed sock. I leave on the socks I've had Dave, on all day. I was going to ask yeah. you, Frank, are we talking hand-knitted Peruvian or oh. a silky Bruce Forsyth? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm talking about whatever I'm wearing that day. Three I just socks leave them off an airplane. Yeah, but the problem is with that is I think that my body, because I've still got my my my, my what I would call my street socks, <laughs> on, my body thinks I'm still operational. <laughs> so I'm I'm often waking up, you know, in case um, like I might be crossing a road or something. Is like. it like a policeman mm. going to sleep with their gun? Is that what they do? Well, I, in the movies, the American police sometimes sleep with the gun. There was rumours that um, Jeffrey Boycott, the uh, the cricketer, used to sleep with his cricket bat <laughs> under his pillow, or just. I just think it, I think in a, in a fond embrace. Yeah, I have my Stuart Broad bat near my bedroom. Yeah, but that, that's quite small, isn't it? There. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not familiar with you varying sizes. You, could, you couldn't bat with it, isn't it? Like a, isn't it an ornament? <laughs> no, it's a proper bat. Oh, it's a proper bat. Yes. Oh, I is thought that, it was an ornamental. Secu- is that as a security measure? No, it's just a trophy. A trophy. Mm. But the brilliant thing is, if you did um, take a burglar to pieces with that cricket bat, mm. you could say, "Well, I, have, I had it on display. I don't. I, it wasn't yeah, set up was, as a weapon. That would I mean, be it, fine. You'd be knows fine all with the that. loopholes. So, Frank, what does Kath make of this? Because well, you know, she hasn't even. The, the thing is, Kath started going to bed about half nine at night. So when I get in, I can't even put the light on. <laughs> so um, she, I, I don't know if she's even noticed the socks. Thing. I don't think the socks are a, a, a low-level contraceptive, aren't they? If you wear socks in bed. Um, well, it depends where you wear them, I suppose. <laughs> I, I, wouldn't trust, I wouldn't trust them completely, 100%. Can I say to our listeners, we're not saying that that is an effective method. Um... 
Is Maybe he? if you combine them with um, one of those uh, waterproof boots, what the uh, what the pensioners used to put over their everyday <laughs> shoes. Oh yeah. But I don't know about you. I don't like a contraceptive with buttons. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Cinderella said to me anyway. <laughs> Um, but Frank, I I do sympathise. I feel the cold very deeply, very deeply. <laughs> do you? It, I have been known to sleep in a towelling bathrobe. Oh no, I hate I've that. Been, I've been known to do that. If you have, if you're cold at night, you can't sleep. Sometimes the tracksuit bottom and top. Yeah. I don't like. I've I've tried to sleep in hotels because hotels are f- horribly cold and mm. always, as I've said before on here, the the, the duvets in hotels mm. are are a public disgrace. Mm. Scratchy. Yeah, they talk about broken Britain, but they never mention the duvets in hotels. They're absolute rubbish. One of the causes of the riots. They're so light that that often I've had to tether them just to keep them on the bed. (laughs) They they will float like smoke across the room. Duvets like Gulliver. Yeah, um, and so I have slept in 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 the robe in in a hotel, but Mm. I don't like that. There's the knot of the belt. It fall and it's coarse against the skin. Yeah, that, that level of toweling. Yeah, and, and then it I, gets hot. And I don't know if you've uh, if you've ever had uh, logo nipple, <laughs> but often the, embri- the embroidered logo on a robe, at the back of that will t- will take the end off a nipple. I warn anyone: if you're ever thinking of running the London Marathon, don't do it in a hotel robe. It's that kind of advice that makes this show not only comical but also. Um, Valuable. Absolute radio. Frank Skinner. I was just talking about the, the whole bed sock thing. I think mm. something else I've noticed, which is great about a bed sock, they don't turn on you the way a hot water bottle does. Yeah. Oh, I thought you can talk about cat there. No, but you know, you know, you get to bed with a lovely. Actually, a hot water bottle over the course of the evening is, is not unlike a long term relationship. It's lovely. It's, the, mm. it's hot at first. Yeah, it's too hot. hot too hot. Sun. Too hot to cope with. Mm. And then it gets kind of warm and snuggly, and then mm. you relax into it. You wake up in the night, it's like ice. Yeah. And then it has to be kicked out of bed. It's as simple as that. <laughs> now, I. Lovely. Yeah. <laughs> Socks don't do that. Socks, they're consistent. Yeah, they keep you warm. They stay there. Okay, I'm getting those um, those red lines around my calves are not really going away because all I'm doing is replacing them with another sock line. So um, it might be a little higher or a little lower. I occasionally, I'll wear a, um, a woolen knee sock. <laughs> Dude, that's why you if never I'm see doing, if I'm doing a, Yeah, if I'm doing a swinging 60s photo shoot, I'll wear, an, <laughs> I'll wear a knee sock. I'm not ashamed to say that. Whilst about to kick a football. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, you know, I've told you that I do that in bed, is when I, when I roll over in bed, mm. I imagine that I'm receiving a pass down the wing and I turn, I turn to beat the defender. I turn to receive the ball. And then I then I roll over as if I've uh, well according to eight one according to eight one one morning all aesthetically challenged footballer Peter Beardsley famously always slept with a football under his pillow that under his pillow I don't believe that now that was his head <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think you could sleep with one under your pillow could you I think you could sleep you could certainly sleep with a football uh-huh. I've slept with people <laughs> of a not dissimilar shape <laughs> to a large medicine ball. Mm. And, and loved it, can I say that? You see, Frank, I'm not a big fan of the male foot in general. No, Feet well. in general are not attractive. No, I like a lady mm. foot. Okay. Um, but I just don't think the male foot works. Mm. It's not very sort of, it's not very aesthetically pleasing. I don't like the, um, the upper thatching on the toes. 
No. No, I don't really have that much, though. My, um, fact, I think all the hair is leaving my body starting at the feet. I'm, <laughs> mm. I'm, I'm having that sort of Duncan Goodyear thing. I, I didn't fall out of a tree. Maybe you it's... know, he fell out of a tree and all his hair fell out. Yeah. In case you don't know, Duncan Goodyear used to be a famous swimmer. Completely mm. hairless. Do you mm. think the hair on your feet is like watercress, and because you're keeping them in the dark, away from the sunlight, they're not growing? That's... That's, with the that's a night, thought, yeah. That's, and it's just dying out. That is a thought. I'm, I'm happy with that. That's something to think about. <laughs> I, what I've done on a couple of nights is I've changed into clean socks to sleeping because I thought the street socks, socks, is it right? Yeah. But what I always go for white. Street then. socks. <laughs> I go for... Um, I'll go for white socks if I'm, if I'm putting them on, sports, especially for bed. Sports sports socks. Yes. I, yeah. That was very too lazy yeah. to say that. A sports sock. Oh, if we, I, if we've categorised socks. I'm going, but to be specific, I'm going for a white ankle. Is it a trainer sock or does it come No, no, I don't oh. think that would give me enough warmth. <laughs> I'm, I'm worried about that. No, um, I, as the winter gets colder, I might just sleep in trainers. <laughs> uh, I mean, why don't people do that? Oh, I don't like You're going to wash the sheets anyway. It's a bit burglar, always on the run. Yeah, you're quite right. Mm. Um... It's it's how oh, I imagine the guy from One Direction sleeps with Caroline Flack. <laughs> Frank. As if some sense that her husband could, even though she's not married, just at that age, you must think that surely a grown-up will come and shout at me in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I believe the One Direction fans refer to her as that grown-up. <laughs> oh, they can be bitter, I'll tell you that. Absolute Radio with Frank Skinner. Frank, I'd like to talk to you about a story which, well, I rather like this, which shows me in quite a bad light. Mm. It was about school children getting a little bit upset. <laughs> it, made, okay. it made me laugh, I'm sorry. Um, there were these kids in Cambridgeshire, and basically, the school had decided, there were primary school kids, the school had decided to take them on a trip to Love see them. local wildlife, or so you would think. Yeah. It turned out to be a wildfowler's trip. So it was essentially they went to see ducks being blasted out of the sky. <laughs> oh, okay. And shot. And Life sweet. lesson. Yeah. <laughs> Where was it? Is she, it wasn't the Duchess of Cambridge. Yeah. <laughs> Hasn't she taken to the gun? Yeah. Now? They all have to take to they the gun. They have to take to the gun on Boxing Day. I, if, think. I think if you um, join the royal family, you have to be prepared to spread some feathers. As it were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, these kids. Um, so they saw a duck shoot. Yeah, and they were all Ooh. crying. Oh, and well, I would have. Parents upset. complained. Was it just that the fair the fair didn't turn up, so they had to do it live? <laughs> well, no. The headmistress said, "I like." Do they have to go up and down on a little <laughs> conveyor belt, and they have to hook them out of the water. And you want a real bear? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was really posh kids being traumatised by the fair. Um, yeah. The headmistress, Shirley Stapleton, doesn't have an age. Uh, Normally uh, the Daily Mail has an age. Yeah. Shirley Stapleton, I wouldn't 43. want an headmistress with initials like that. Sure. <laughs> Go on, carry on. She said it was an annual trip which helps pupils make informed decisions about country pursuits. She also said it was rural and normal, as if there's an option where it's rural uh, I, I must say, that, that's, that's a Venn diagram where the two yeah. circles only just There's no overlap. Venn. There's no Venn. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's I say, awful. lighten up, kids. <laughs> we had to do some awful things. We oh, went to trips were the worst. Hereford Livestock Auction. was one of my favourites. <laughs> what, what did you learn from that? I don't know, but clearly a proper trip had fallen through, don't you think? <laughs> Disneyland. <laughs> Disneyland Florida was too expensive. <laughs> we'd have to have something animal themed. <laughs> 
cattle market. That'll do. <laughs> buy a bull a coach load of eight-year-olds to hereford livestock auction i suppose it gets you used to uh, the nightclub lifestyle that you're you're heading for in your late teens i went to the three county show which was a very oh, similar thing I to that, that? it's in uh, it's in evesham is it yes yeah. the three can i remember we i was just picture this there's about me and about five mates, and we're about 14, right? Mm, 14 year old schoolboys, and we're just wandering about in our blazers. <laughs> and we go past the goat, and it breaks wind with such recklessness that it actually jolts forward. And imagine how long we laughed about that. You can put together all your faulty towers and Woody Allens yeah. and Laurel and Hardys and mix them all into, and you will not recreate how funny that is to a 14-year-old. But it was magnificent. Absolutely magnificent. They always had, then they, they had that parade of steam tractors and steam farm vehicles at some of those shows, and, and then someone's on one of those megaphones, you can't hear what they're saying, and just people just <laughs> drive out in these vehicles, and it takes about three hours for them to do a circuit. I think there was, I think there was police it. dogs as well, if yeah. I remember right. Oh, yeah. jumping through fiery hoops. Oh, I love it when they yeah. do that. Oh, they I, th- I think there were seven of them on a motorbike at what one point. <laughs> what does that train them for, the fiery hoops? Well, I don't know. I mean, how many, you could say, how many burglars do you get who have a very, very padded forearm? <laughs> it, it trains them for working with Siegfried and Roy. is really the only thing it trains them for. Yeah, well, that's fine. You don't want to go into that untrained. <laughs> I, well, a lot of our um, trips at school were themed on the ill treatment of Catholics what? in England. Yeah, because we went to a Catholic school. We often went to a place called Harvington Hall, and we used to have to go into the priest hidey holes where they had to hide during the Reformation. And you'd sit in there with your uh, with your chin on your knees, thinking about Catholic oppression through the ages. <laughs> that was the idea of it. And then uh, it wasn't you bought... a worksheet you had to fill in. No, no, I think there was a gift shop. Yeah, do you know what? I'm going to take shop. Hereford Livestock Auction and stick with it. No, <laughs> that sounds like a good one. <laughs> They were a very special... I never did any of the big skiing ones or any of those things that, that some people do. Just yeah. the ones on the coach. I hated the coach. It's the worst part of a school trip is having yeah. to sit on the coach. Because if they put your packed lunches in the coach luggage bit, they taste of diesel fumes when you get them out. Is that right? Yep. And there was always the two you had to wait for as well. Mm. Alex Fruin, he was always late. <laughs> Some, well, we, I think one of the great highlights, I think second only to the goat, was when we went, we went to Ironbridge and Stephen Healy fell in thistles. <laughs> no, there weren't thistles, there was no stingers where at first you thought, oh, well, has he been stung? And then these white lumps start. And he was very long, very long lad, um, Stephen Healy. So they just kept, they disappeared into the distance, his, his, his stings. Oh, it was great. The noise that he made was so wonderful. Because it, it was quite a breathy, I remember. So, <gasps> less of a scream than a man who was um, suffering, not only physically, but mentally. Uh, I'd love to know if our listeners have had any nightmare school trips. I bet they have. Mm-hmm. Absolute Radio with Frank Skinner. I think we've had messages from the outside world on 8 12, 15. We have. We were talking about nightmare school trips. I had Hereford Livestock Auction. Mm. <laughs> you, Frank, had... I had Harvington Hall yeah, with the yeah. priest Heidi Holes. <laughs> <laughs> Our listeners have had, well, 690. Morning, I, along with about 60 other kids, was taken to a sewage farm. <laughs> <laughs> then the same day in the afternoon, we went to Snaresbrook Crown Court to watch a murder trial. <laughs> I was 11. That can't be right, <laughs> What, what are you learning from those two? I think they were doing a project on, <laughs> on, on filth. 
in all its manifestations. <laughs> I didn't think you'd be allowed into a murder trial if you were under 18. Oh, There's one from the seven- certificates trials. That's <laughs> <laughs> There's one from seven oh one one nine. Frank and Ladies Nightmare School Trips. My son was recently taken to the local carpet shop for a trip. No, <laughs> no idea why. From Jules and Colchester. Oh. Imagine their little faces when they realise there's no gift shop. It's just carpet. But you could probably you could get a bit of carpet for, yeah. the, get a sample. for your room. A bit of brown carpet. Mm. Uh, is that because of the credit crunch that they're now going to carpet shops instead of skiing? <laughs> <laughs> is that, is that ski, what's happened? The ski trip's off, but don't worry. We've got <laughs> yeah. the second best thing. Yeah, I don't know about you, but it's never... Apre carpet. <laughs> <laughs> it's never nothing I look forward to. You just get those red marks on your elbows. <laughs> I always thought it was a bad idea to take children en masse to sort of Shakespeare plays. Oh. Why do they do that? We oh, went no. to see Romeo and Juliet. You just get uh, so one, Someone said cheers when Juliet took the poison and we all had to leave. We got in trouble. <laughs> well, we were taken... I remember Mr Wilcoxon took us to see Roman Polanski's Macbeth, which had got a lot of um, topless witches and, and the like. How dare you? And... Uh, <laughs> and... Um, and we we was a lots of jeering and calling mm. out of remarks. And I remember he I've never seen such an impassioned telling off of what we got when we got back to the school. Mm. It was you have you know you've disgraced yourself. Yourselves I think he school. said that we disgraced British literary culture. <laughs> That's quite, that's quite <laughs> an achievement. That was Andy <laughs> McNabb who did that. I think it was. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, we had to go see Macbeth that starred a, a man who'd recently been in Casualty. This must have been about 15 years ago, as in the show, not... He hadn't been doing it. And I couldn't lose myself in the play because Macbeth was the doctor from Casualty. Yes, it was always a problem. Mm. I remember seeing... I went to see a play about the the Triumph Factory in Coventry. The uh, You know, one of those... In the 80s, they did lots of plays that was about local industry. Yeah. And... uh, the kids were sort of, you know, laughing and wee and all that. And this actor just stopped and he turned and he just stared. He stared them down. It was a, it was a fabulous moment in many ways. And quieted them for nearly 20 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. The they power can't... of actors to discipline children. <laughs> um, not talking of that subject, have you read this story about the Lothian and Borders Police and their £70,000 contract? Uh, for sandwiches. Oh, this is, yeah, this is the uh, mm. the 11-inch baguette. Yes, <laughs> the 11-inch baguette, or baton, as I thought they might call it. Yeah, I suppose that's yeah. why they've gone for 11, because yeah. it is reassuringly like a baton. And that is long. Yeah, oh, yeah. that is long. I'm just trying, that's long for a baguette. It's nearly a foot. Mm. You know what's going to be wrong with that baguette? It's going <laughs> to be one of the, the filling's going to be about nine inches. And you're going to well, get no, that, no, that no, horrible, because, dry ending on a baguette. Because they stipulate oh, that the fillings have to comply um, with the standard size and weight stipulated by the British Sandwich Association. I've been on the British Sandwich Association's website. Have you? They are they oh, are a, an industry body to fear. Are they trust. a quango? <laughs> <laughs> well, they keep themselves busy by promoting the consumption of sandwiches. Oh. Do they really? Yeah. Does the British fattest man do that? <laughs> <laughs> were, were they set up um, as a sort of one of these For the British socialist um, move? Well, it's just to, to support the British sandwich industry and make sure we've got the right fillings and the right con- quantity of fillings in oh, our batons. I think that's all right. I don't mind that. What have they insisted on then? What, do, what fillings do they want? Well, they want 17... They had a spreadsheet. This is the, they, they wrote a 10,000-word document. A sandwich spreadsheet? 
<laughs> and it was a spreadsheet. Yeah, 17 different fillings. The police wanted um, uh, brie and cranberry, smoked salmon and cream cheese, and prawn mayonnaise. Oh, what about year, year in Provence? Yeah, they've changed, <laughs> haven't they? Down at the Nick. Yeah. 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 I thought they'd want uh, kettle crisps. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that their new thing? <laughs> I've, I've got back into crisp sandwiches. Just like, do you ever eat a crisp sandwich? Oh. Oh, it's, I tell you yeah. what, it's like being one of the great predators because it's like eating something with a skeleton. It's like squidgy on the outside. It's so not and like suddenly, eating something with a skeleton. Yeah, because suddenly there's a surprising crunch that you've sort of forgotten about in the middle. I love it. It's, it's, uh, it's, 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 the, it's the reverse of a soft centre. <laughs> if you can imagine anything so radical. I like it said that the police didn't want a whole a normal bread whole meal sandwiches, mm. but they weren't very keen mm. on those. I think it's in the same way that the, the baguette reminds them of a baton. Yeah. The square um, whole meal sandwich reminds them of the uh, the brown envelope. Oh, in stuffed the, with uh, ham. In the, in the police yeah. bribery. Yeah. yeah. And well, I they, think they it was uh, Dixon the Dog Green who said, no one likes a bank copper. <laughs> well, it had to comply with anti-bribery laws, the sandwich tender, it says. <laughs> Anti-discrimination and anti... You can't have a discriminatory or bribing sandwich. Oh, you'll be frightened to ask what, what bread to ask for. Do you want brown or white? Um, I don't mind. To me, they're equally nice in every aspect. Oh, it's, it's, a, piece, it's a PC nightmare in so many ways. <laughs> Frank, 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 Skimmer. Frank Skimmer. Absolute Radio. We've had some texts in, Frank, about nightmare school trips, which oh, we were yes. talking about. Oh, yes. um, we've had 019 um, nightmare school trips. We had a boy get bitten on the elbow by an angry pig. <laughs> and oh, dear, that sounds really painful. Mm. Pigs are vicious. Yeah. I'm from the same and person. elbows are sensitive. Mm. You put those two together, you've got pain. <laughs> the Venn diagram of that. <laughs> on a French trip, two girls missed the coach home and were stranded in Calais. What, and left? <laughs> I presume that someone went back to fetch them. <laughs> Stranded forever. They Tom- now run a lovely bistro. Times <laughs> have changed. That'd be yeah. a massive story, yeah. a massive health and safety. Then they were just left. Yeah, they were just left. There. They, they became make- street urchins. Yeah. Mr Wilcox said if he weren't back on the coach by 3.15, that was it. <laughs> yeah. And no no bots. You get your own way back. <laughs> <laughs> Knife lesson. Kids oh, these man. days. And there's another text from 394. We took our school kids to a local funeral home and they were given balloons. Mm. We took our school kids. Sounds like it might be a a headmaster of some sort. (laughs) We took our school kids. You wouldn't think a funeral home had balloons. Well, they have to give them something. Black balloons, do you think? Would they give them, what, brass coffin handles? What would you give the kids that have come to look round it? I imagine you'd give them, like, tiny coffin-shaped erasers. (laughs) A jumbo pencil. Yeah, surely. <laughs> yeah, oh, black balloons. Oh, mm. sombre. Ra- rather chic. Um, Frank, we were also talking <laughs> about... Well, I not go so far. <laughs> yeah. About sandwiches. Yes, we were. Which, I mean, I fear that subject somewhat, as you can imagine. <laughs> well, I know there's a, there's a carbohydrate element. Exactly. But I did reconnect with my old friend, Bread, <laughs> last week. Oh, yes. And I went over to Frank's, it was lovely actually, and he said, oh, do you fancy a toasty? Now normally an alarm goes off when someone <laughs> yes. says that. Well, yeah. Yeah. A smoke alarm, about, <laughs> about ten minutes later. <laughs> I said, oh, I fancy one of those. Do you know I'm going to have wintry. a cheese toasty? Yeah, yeah, why not? So uh, I slapped it on the George. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, <laughs> the George, George Foreman. The George Foreman, yeah, I slapped it on the George Foreman. <laughs> 
And um, Kathy and Sandy Mason weren't allowed any food. Frank was very clear about that. <laughs> he said, "No, we've been doing these hours. We need to have something to eat." I, now. I said, we, "We we got back after doing the yeah. show. We got back about half eleven, and my argument was that we need a brunch at that mm. point. Like miners, we were. And they seemed to think I was going to do toasties for everyone. Yeah. Who eats half eleven unless they've been doing a breakfast radio show? So no, I, I I dug my heels. You've got in. to earn your food, women. <laughs> yeah." <laughs> So, um, I tell you what happens, I don't know if you noticed this, but sometimes it, uh, it can be very fierce, a George Foreman, mm. and mm. the cheese had slightly run off the sandwich, mm. and I had to I had to scoop it back onto the... I don't Do know, know if you know, noticed I that. didn't even notice. No, did, did you, you notice a hint of corrugation in some of the yeah. cheese? <laughs> That's because it had come off the, the form and grooves. Did, I, I did loved it so much. It was almost quite a Proustian experience for Proustian, me. Proustian, yeah. Oh. I found it, I shared it in... A la recherche du yes. sandwich perdu. Yes. Yeah. I shed... Or Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I shed a tear of nostalgia for bread. Yeah. Mm, oh, I did. Well, when did you last eat bread? Oh, when did you last see your father? <laughs> when did you, yeah. I, I felt you should have been wearing a blue velvet uh, cat suit for that question. <laughs> when did you last see your mother's pride? <laughs> it's, uh, oh, that's such a fine joke. I have to just let it sink in. <laughs> But uh, no, she's a, she's a stranger to, to, to carbohydrates. When did you turn Not your anymore. back? When did you turn your back on bread? No, do you know what bread's becoming back in vogue? Too many mm. Towie types. That's the only way as Essex have adopted this no carbs rule. It's getting too mm. popular now. So bread's getting back in Doesn't vogue. Doesn't it turn you into a crazy person if you don't eat carbs? Well, I met I don't someone. Know what you mean? <laughs> I met someone on, on the Dukan the other day, <laughs> and uh, not the dock shoot, the Dukan, <laughs> and um, their breath. Mm. It didn't mm. sound like they. It smelled like instead of uh, yeah that they were that they were living on dog excrement. <laughs> they were on the dog excrement diet. Perhaps that's what the they D read stands it for. Wrong. Yeah, um, I think that is what French do can means in French, isn't it? It's dog do, excrement. Do no, it does. Yeah. Dog, dog do. The dog do can is um is that what we call the the poop bin? The poop bin. Does anyone call it that? Well, I do apparently. First, I heard of it. <laughs> I've been uh, I've been back on the Albrand, as you may oh. know, and uh, it's probably Albrand. If you look at Albrand, it's clearly from the same family as the Twiglet. Mm. Mm. And I think Albrand is the sort of solid, dependable side of the family, and the Twiglet is the is you know is is the sort of a f- flimsy uh, fly by night one. And it, uh, and it, funnily enough, a bloke was telling me this week a mate of his when he had a molly haircut in the eighties used to say. Um, the front meant business and the back meant party. <laughs> <laughs> Fabulous hair summary. Absolute Radio, Frank Skinner. Hey, this is uh, Frank Skinner and I'm with Emily Dean and Laura Solon. It just gets better every time. Two little girls. Good old Elvis. If you want to text us about anything, we're on 8, 12, 15. But then again, <laughs> who isn't? <laughs> a lot of people actually. I couldn't think of it. Can can I talk about my favourite, my favourite, one of my favourite actors, Alec Baldwin? You can. I do. On a side issue, I do think if if I went for lunch with him, I get on really well with him. With Alec Baldwin? Yeah, I really. Well, he like sounds him. to me like he's a boorish elf from what I've read in the papers. Uh, well, this yes, week. you might think. He sounds more up my strata. <laughs> in that case, up Emily's strata. Um, yeah. Well, he's been a thrown off by Beryl Bain. <laughs> <laughs> he's been thrown off a flight. Uh, allegedly for playing... Well, he's been thrown off the flight, but... but, but I don't think playing, you have to say allegedly. But for playing an iPhone game. 
Yes, I hadn't heard of this game before. Words, it words with, with, words with friends. Words with friends. It's words, words with friends. friends. And some of my celebrity friends. You say wor- words some, with friends. Some of your celebrity no, friends. My application is called words with celebrity friends. <laughs> words oh, okay. with better people. <laughs> yeah. But no, what they do is they send it to you and they want you to get involved. And he did get involved. It's like online Scrabble, Frank, yeah? <laughs> it would be better if, if it had been called Words, Words, Friends. Yeah. <laughs> you had to join the dots and make a fabulous portrait of Samuel Taylor Coleridge. Um, well, the the second report, that uh, another website said that he got kicked off the flight when the actor slammed the bathroom door so loudly the captain had to get involved. Well, he shouldn't have done that. When the captain gets involved. And he's, no, but what yeah. if someone had been making a souffle in that toilet? <laughs> That would have ruined it. <laughs> well, there'd be nesting birds. Oh, I, I, I don't like loud noises on planes. No. I must say, if someone slammed the door like that, but I'd it be... was on. It wasn't taking off. It was obviously no. But even so, he um, has had he has had previous he's got form. Just using my my prison speech there, <laughs> he's got form. But he has got form, hasn't he, old Alec? Well, he shouted at his daughter once mm. and a voicemail message. That don't make him a bad person, no. does he? No, he called her a, her, her, a little a, a thoughtless little pig. And then he apparently... She didn't, she didn't bite a young person. Not on the elbow. elbow. <laughs> That's why he was cross with her. <laughs> well, she did. She, she, over, she overstepped the mark. Yeah, but he wrote a book inspired by the incident. I don't know what the book is. What do you it doesn't mean? Say. He says he, it says here, he later apologised and wrote a book inspired by the incident. I don't know if it was called a children's book called The Thoughtless Little Pig. Or maybe it was more The he, Thoughtless Dad. I don't he know. He called his daughter A Thoughtless Little Pig yeah. and then wrote <laughs> a book about it. Inspired by it. Well, I'd like to look into that book. I don't know if it's true. Because so we could have regular readings from it on the show. <laughs> <laughs> but if he... ever anyone spawns, <laughs> it's like candy floss. One spoon of sugar makes an enormous <laughs> mass of pink candy floss. One tiny incident, he got yeah. a book out of it. Yeah, well... I'm going off him. <laughs> he he did... Um, it, it did all end in tears, though, didn't it? So he got chucked off. Yeah, public drop. Really? It was American Airlines, though, and I was once on mm. American Airlines with my girlfriend of the time um, was a vegetarian, mm. and uh, she said to the um, to the air stewardess, she said they brought chicken and uh, chicken mm. potatoes, peas, and she said, "Excuse me, I ordered the vegetarian meal." She said, "Don't eat the chicken, honey," <gasps> and I, that's not good. Is no, it? that's and not she made customer a, service. She made a terrible error because um, she was uh, she was American, my girlfriend, and she was the. The most avid complainer wow. I've ever They're good known. at it. She was, I know, but she was amazing. Mm, mm. I, we once was in a hotel and she complained about the meal of a woman on an adjoining table. <laughs> Backseat complainer. She, she'd heard us say that um, something was tough or something, and and she said you should complain. The woman said, "Oh no, it's fine." So when the waiter went past, she said, "Excuse, but this lady's me." <laughs> And this woman was dragged into a whole massive, took the meat away and brought it. Oh, dear, it's unbelievable. Well, well Alec Baldwin thinks that um, American Airlines is where retired Catholic school gym teachers from the 50s find jobs as flight mm. attendants. Mm. Mm. Well, there's a hint of, uh, hint of anti-Catholicism. Mm. <laughs> yeah, Baldwin. he should be made to sit at that priest hole. That yeah, in the Harvington Hall, that would do him good. Yeah, that, it, he's referring to the... Um, does he mean that she was a bit older? I think he's this? referring to maybe a stern, matriarchal figure. Yeah. No mm. nonsense. Sort of zero governess, tolerance approach. Who said, stop playing on your iPhone and slamming the bathroom door. Sit down, In other Alec words, Baldwin. someone who didn't say, oh, Mr Baldwin, yeah. I think you're an absolute genius. Yes, of course you can play any game, even though it does interfere with the instruments. Which is what I would have said, clearly. <laughs> 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 does, does Celebrities it? can... No, if it did, you wouldn't be allowed them on flight. 
Now, can I ask, does it interfere with the instrument? I can't believe it definitely does, because they don't check very thoroughly. What? Whether we, it's on or not? Whether everyone's turned this off. It just doesn't We need sound. to talk to the cockerel. He's the airport setting. I'm sure it might No, do. but you know, you know, our, um, our listeners are like a fabulous living, breathing Google. Someone mm. will know whether it affects the There instrument. must be a small possibility that it will, but if it was very dangerous, you wouldn't be allowed them on. If you're not no. allowed nail scissors, you wouldn't be allowed iPhone. We've actually had a plane-related query. I once got into trouble for smoking an electronic cigarette on a plane. The reason given was that another passenger complained it looked like the real thing. I would like to ask the panel if they think this is fair. Thanks, Gordon. No, that's, I like the panel. That's completely <laughs> unfair. I once um, travelled to Kansas with an inflatable doll in the adjoining seat. <laughs> and um, I got a similar complaint. The fact is, I, I, you know, I get insecure in the air. <laughs> anyway, I, I, I'd love to know if any of our listeners have had a public strop, because there's nothing quite like one, let's face it. I once had a public strop when I was at, uh, at public school, with a strop. And, um, oh, yeah, the other fags thought it was absolutely hilarious. When I say the other fags, I'll explain. <laughs> Absolute Radio, with Frank Skinner. Frank, we've had some updates on whether mobile phones do interfere uh, when you're flying. 540, it absolutely does not affect instruments, thus we are now allowed to use phones in hospitals. Oh. That's 540, the opinions of 540. What about if you're the flying only. doctor? <laughs> <laughs> what about, I was once, um, I was doing an interview once uh, in a car on the phone, phone interview, and, um, I mean, not for a job, with mm. a newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> and I got out at a garage, and uh, oh, and yeah. a, a loudspeaker voice said, "Sir, switch off your mobile it phone." Didn't. Yeah, yeah. How humiliating! <laughs> exactly. And apparently, you can get a spark. Yeah. What comes off of your phone and sets the uh, petrol pump? On I don't fire. believe Is that. Is this one of these rumours that started when mobile phones came out? That's just been kept. Have you ever seen a spark come off a mobile phone? No, but it's like the same way that you're meant to nudge a freight machine with an electric. Lighter, I have actually seen a member of the Sparks come off a mobile phone. Have you really? Yeah. I was once in a tobacconist and a man came in and said, have you got any flints for a mobile phone? <laughs> for my Zippo mobile? I've just never heard such talk. <laughs> Spark off your mobile phone. So, Frank, um, I'd like to go nativity here on you. Oh? Um, this is, there's some rather surprising news out this week. Obviously, it's the, the time, the season for nativity plays. It certainly is. Um, for those who remember to have children. And um, <laughs> apparently, <laughs> Joseph and Mary, which you would say traditionally have always the most coveted role, yeah. one would assume, yes. in the goodies. Oh, God, yeah. The leads. But in hindsight, they did a survey, and most people would actually rather play. It said the in. It referred to him as the evil innkeeper. Why is he evil? Uh, or Herod. He's not evil. He's not even just a very good hotelier because he's. <laughs> Found additional accommodation. He doesn't have any spare rooms. <laughs> yeah, but he exactly. makes an effort for them. Like all hoteliers, he he's, he's, he's a slave to availability. <laughs> they didn't book in advance. They turn up. He can't create a room out of nothing. No. On the busiest nights of the year, aren't we want a room because she's pregnant. You well, get these and, people at reception. I hear people saying, "We well, yeah. must have at least one room." Well, no. no, we've got a finite number of rooms. The idea that I would say I don't have any rooms if I've yeah. got at least one room somewhere. We're not, we're not Jesus. And she went, "Oh, oh well, well, they weren't Jesus." Well, she was sort of slightly particularly Jesus. during a national census mm. time. We know how busy hotels get <laughs> <were> around <laughs> that time. It's like booking a hotel in the Olympics on the day of the opening ceremony. Yeah, have you got a room? 
No, the evil innkeeper. It's absolutely crammed. It's the birth of Jesus this week. (laughs) (laughs) They've come from all over. There's three blokes turning up here earlier trying to get a room. They were prepared to share. (laughs) Funny aftershave they're wearing. (laughs) Exactly. I thought, (laughs) no. No, I um. They described him in the in the Telegraph, the innkeeper, as a, as a dark one of the darker <laughs> good time characters. What? Where was it? Good time. It was working on Christmas night. He's just answering the door and saying, "I've got no room left yeah. because it's full to capacity." There's fire regulation. Well, there's nothing good time about somebody working <laughs> no. all through the all through the He's holidays. Got a business. It gave him a bit of old straw. I've slept on worse. I tell you. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I um. Did I had, you do, were you in the nativity play, Frank? Can I say I had one of my most traumatic experiences of my entire life in a nativity play? Oh no! I was head shepherd, oh. and uh, not Ed Shepherd, no. who sounds like somebody who reads the local news. <laughs> I was news reporter Ed Shepherd <laughs> yeah. reporting on the birth of Christ. <laughs> no, I was head shepherd, and um, the the um, Miss Knight, the uh, headmistress, oh. um, said, uh, but these. Miss, I wish her middle name had been you. <laughs> these Miss Unites. <laughs> now, Miss Knight said, right, gather around the baby Jesus. Well, I was the head shepherd, so they were mm. following me. Well, the baby Jesus hadn't been placed in, in the manger at that point. He was in a crisp box at the oh. back of the stage. So I went and knelt at the crisp box, <laughs> and my other shepherds knelt with me. <laughs> she went absolutely... <laughs> Ballistic. I mean, she went crazy. It was a, it was a simple mistake. I was following orders. I've heard that before. Liter- yeah. Literal child. Yeah, but there was the baby Jesus, you know. And, was um, it a doll? It was a doll, yeah. Mm. It wasn't the real baby. They no, but sometimes put... it was just sw- swaddled. No, no, this, this was a doll with, with a hint of cheese and onion. But anyway, <laughs> I, she came on stage and she grabbed me by my ankle and then raised her she hand did. and I swung upside down and this is a bit of a um, difficult thing to um, explain. Well, I was tiny, I was only like five and I swung round and my hand went right up her skirt <gasps> and it was... <laughs> I, I, I can't tell you, I felt strange That's... tremors go through me as if I... Like I imagine when um, when they opened Tutankhamun's tomb, and um, the smell of the ancients rose up. But I um, I really felt like I'd done something bad because at that age I wasn't well, quite sure. Had, <laughs> yeah, but I was I was a victim of gravity. Um, it's not an extenuating circumstance. No, it's good that uh, I was one of the few kids ever to put his hand up the headmistress's skirt and use Newton's laws. As a, as a, no, but it was she was being horrible to me, and it, it all happened next. But honestly, it really traumatised me, and I still, when I think about it now, it, though it might sound comical to the outsider, I was I was shaken to the very core. Oh, fine. So, uh, whereas, um, oh, good time, boy, the innkeeper. <laughs> That's was, the kind um, of thing that you'd imagine going on in his inn. Yeah, he was he was partying in an adjoining <laughs> building. <laughs> Absolute Radio with Frank Skinner. Frank, we've just had a text in. You were asking about using a mobile phone at a petrol pump, and apparently you'd been... Well, there'd actually been an announcement made to, oh. to get to <laughs> please cease and desist. Frank, as a fireman, I can tell you that you're right about mobiles and petrol pumps. It will not cause fire. It is a myth. 
would need a large volume of contained flammable gas to be a risk. Reason is the distraction factor, more likely to overfill, spill or put in the wrong fuel type. That's oh, I and but I wasn't actually. I was just standing there. I wasn't actually doing mm. the uh, the tube thing. Which makes me think the they've been a little heavy-handed, and they owe you yeah. an apology. They went over the top. <laughs> I don't even, I can't remember quite where where it was now. The garage, you know, we just stopped treating you like some good time innkeeper. <laughs> I think I just stopped for a crunchy. <laughs> Yeah, the good time innkeeper, of course. Talking of the good time innkeeper, could I just ask you, as someone, I'd say, almost of the cloth, Mm -hmm. knowledgeable in these affairs, King Herod, is that entirely appropriate to have him in a children's play? Mm. What's his role? I mean, do they feature the Massacre of the Innocents in the play? Well, they might have... have, I don't know if they have the actual massacre, (laughs) but they they might well have included the edict. (laughs) Um, I think that what they're probably... They're probably cut to Herod. Mm. Oh, and, Interior, uh, Herod's chamber. In, in yeah. tonight, Herod. <laughs> saying, find that child and, uh, and uh, I'll have him destroyed. In oh. fact, if I remember rightly, and I often don't, when I was in the Fen Street Nativity play, which is a, 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 a drama when uh, we all played children, there was me and uh, Mark Addy. Oh, yeah. Mm. Was in it, if you remember him. Mm. And... Um, and lots of um, stars of the day, Neil Morrissey, etc. And uh, I played King Herod, if I looking back. Did you play? Yeah. I don't remember Herod being a feature of my nativity play. No, well, I think he, he, he's, he's an option. Yeah. Yeah, he's more of an played, annex. He needs to be played by Alan Rickman, not by a seven-year-old. Yeah, I don't think we could have got him. <laughs> not even for the Fed Street nativity play. It was BBC Wales. But can I just say, I'm rather envious of all you guys because I didn't really get to have a nativity because I went to a very... You've you've already mentioned that. (laughs) No, but a very trendy sort of 70s liberal school. Oh, yeah. And we had a drama teacher... And he just he wore denim waistcoat and smoked Peter Stuyvesant. Of course he did. Denim waistcoat? Did he used to uh, co-present his was? <laughs> was it cut off at no, the No, he sleeves? had it hanging loose. He had it hanging had loose. Had he cut he off do? a mm. denim jacket? I think he had. Yeah. <laughs> he sounds like... If Top Cat was in status quo, yeah. that's and what he would wear. He said, call me, call me Bob, kids. What's his name, oh, Bob? Oh, They'll call no. me Mr yeah. Williams. Yeah. Oh, I've named him. That's unbelievable. Um, yeah. Bob? Bob Williams. <laughs> <laughs> Bob the Wisecoat Williams, yeah. as he was known, <laughs> locally. Bob abandoned the traditional nativity play. It must have been about eight, nine? Nine, it must have been. And in favour of a play he'd penned himself oh. about oh the nuclear holocaust. Oh, oh dear. Had it been no. turned down by an afternoon play by Radio 4? I was... Had the national spurned him. I tell you what it's like, it's the drummer's parents. Yeah. <laughs> you know when you get the boy drummer on a, on a talent show and the parents are, are on bass and lead? Yeah. And the judges say, lose the parents. And the kid says, OK. It's it's that moment, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, no. He's... I played what was Survivor 3. What was... <laughs> Survivor three. Yes. <laughs> what was your line? Um, oh no, I didn't. We get. I didn't get as far as lines really. Oh, no. we had to, at least I wasn't a victim. They cried. The people who were victims. Was they, he the lead? In a way, you're all victims. <laughs> did, did you're he... all victims of Bob we the had... Waistcoat Williams's ego. Did he we play had the to lead? Show the effects of radiation. <laughs> oh, With what? It was awful. Tea towels. On had a lot of. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear! Oh, it sounds, it sounds amazing. Well, all the children were crying. Not me, Ice Woman. Got through it with the professionalism I still hold to this day. Well, I played um, Judge Danforth in the Crucible in my school play. Oh, did play. you? 
And the judge Danforth, he's, he's, he's the judge at the trial, when the, it's like the witch trials. Mm. And uh, Tony Hale was one of the witnesses, and, and uh, he, he got complete stage fright. I mean, terror. Oh. And I said to him, so, sir, tell me what you've <laughs> seen that day. And um, he just looked at me in terror. And I said, as the devil, the devil got your tongue. And he looked at me, and I, and, and I thought, you're not going to speak, are you? And I said... Uh, Come now, sir. Don't be afraid of this court. We are here to bring justice. To- I was this- by now completely improvising. He just turned and walked out the door. And I remember I, I had a slight panic, and then I said, luckily I read the, dis- the deposition of this man. I understand that he saw a number of ladies, and I started talking. And I said, uh, I must- one of my intentions was to ask him the following questions. <laughs> It was going on. You could see no end to it. Did you see the rest of the plane and we the pots? It was, it was getting back. It was the, the little man inside was thinking, I'm here now, how do I get back to the next bit? Oh, God, it was stressful looking back. Frank, 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 Skimmer, Frank Skimmer, Absolute Radio. What's wrong, sir? The devil got your tongue. <laughs> Luckily, okay, yeah. completely forgotten about that incident. I, I must think I, I bet I did a good, good six improv. or seven, six yeah. or seven of uh, saying what he said and then saying what I would have said had he still been there. Frank, the, I like- well, the thing is, I looked around. I remember at the other kids in the play, and none of them met my eye. <laughs> Don't bring me into this. Frank, I'd like to clear up once and for all. This um, can you have your mobile phone on at a petrol station? Yeah, I feel we should slash plane. Mm. Uh, so this this chap seems to know what he's talking about. He agrees with our fireman friend. Who is this chap? We, this is Acton Wright. Acton. Well, he sounds right. Yes. Yeah. Is he called Acton Wright? Was he in a, <laughs> was he in an Oscar Wilde short story? <laughs> okay, I can. Um, so the fireman was correct about the petrol pump just causing dis- a possible distraction. Okay, so there's, you're all right on a forecourt. Yeah, there's no spot on a plane. For airplanes, there is a lot of equipment that uses radio signals, possibly there, using the same frequency. So coming into land, for example, they connect to an instrument landing system. Oh well. Mm. So if someone um, if someone was playing words with friends and ruined your landing. Mm. Be furious. Well, they hadn't taken off at that point, though. Mm. Ruined your landing by ending your life. Yeah, yeah. Before be he started his anti-Catholic yeah. souffle destroying <laughs> rant. <laughs> okay, so so the base okay. of the rule that they're wrong about the the, uh, the garages, but planes, it's it's common sense. Someone said you can use them in hospitals because it doesn't affect. Yes. I don't know what it was. The stethoscope. Mm. Obviously, if you're wearing a stethoscope. Okay, well, that's good to clear it up because we don't want anyone thinking it's all right to use it on a plane and then quoting me as an authority. Mm. Imagine that. (laughs) What else? Um, We've had had emails. Yes. There's an email from America. Chris. (laughs) (laughs) I still get excited that people in America. from across the pond. Chris from from the States. Chris from the States. (laughs) Chris from North States. Carolina. I hate the I don't States. hate the States, but when people say the States, yeah. I write them off as human beings. Yeah. Chris from North Carolina has written in with another TV pun suggestion. Oh. Hey, comma, that's American. Hey, mm. comma. Just read that a TV station in the States has just green-lighted a reality show called Hook, Line and Sisters about a family of deep-sea fishermen that includes two daughters. Mm. 
Oh, well, is, is he my... Is that, that sounds like it's true. Although, can I just say, uh, a bit of an Americanism creeping in there, greenlit. Yeah, greenlit it should have been. Um, Come on. Come on. Is this, is this real? But, um, Hook, Line and Sisters, I... I mm, yeah. What is it called? Hook, Line and... Sisters. Yeah. I like it. Um, what I think is that they should have had, um, Deep Sea Fishermen with Terrible Beer. Would have been the program. Yeah. Hook, Thank Line you. and Stinkers. Yeah. <laughs> or, or with a twitch, hook, line, and blinkers. Yeah, or um, <laughs> Anne Robinson learns deep sea fishing, hook, line, and winkers. Absolute Radio, Frank Skinner. Frank, I've been reading a lot about bankers this week. Have you? Mm, very much so. Well, no, <laughs> what intrigues What's it on me? a dating website? <laughs> <laughs> Well, they've, they've had a fall. They've had a terrible fall from grace. Well, they have. But apparently, I don't know if I'm allowed to name the bank. Let's not help them. No. But a certain high street bank, they've mm. decided to... They're going to send the bank bosses on a comedy course in an oh, attempt yes. to sort of help them. They're saying drive the business forward, which sounds like a very banking phrase. Mm. Yeah, what does that mean, to drive <laughs> the business furtherance, forward? Furtherance the economic futurance. Yes, bank. it'll be something like yeah. that. Well, it's I one was of those days. I was disappointed with the headline. What was it? It was something like laugh. Um, what was it? Oh, I can't it remember. It was very. It was very dull. Bankers, like bankers are having a, a laugh. Bankers it's are not having even a laugh. really a pun. Rubbish. Mm. Mm. They could have had laughing all the way to the bank. Yeah. Oh, they could have. Or they could have had. I thought joke tellers. Oh, that's oh, good. That I thought good. that sometimes they're, they're a bit lazy on yeah. their comedy mm. headlines. Um, I, I was this. Which reminds this me, I, I wanted to do a comedy tour with me and two other comics called mm. The Three Tellers, right? In which oh, we yeah. told jokes. And I thought it's a great idea because you do about 40 minutes each, so you don't have to write massive amounts. Three of us, three acts for the price of one, bit of company on tour. Every comedian I suggested it to just turned their nose up. Oh, fine. What about that? Oh. I, don't, I don't know what to say. No, I ended up with uh, <laughs> Shane Ritchie and Les Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> We did one night and we just abandoned the whole thing. <laughs> well, they will be helped out on their course. Uh, well, apparently Phil Jupiter is going to be involved. Really? Yeah. I hope he doesn't wear the eyeliner because he's taken to wearing eyeliner and yeah, they'll be scared by that. They won't like that at the bank. They're quite conservative. I'll say. Um, so what do you think of this as comics, you two? Are you threatened, Frank, by well, these bankers? Are they... what? What if they get really good? <laughs> well, I was interested with the fact... Yeah, you sound worried. ...when they said there was a clowning module. Yeah. <laughs> because, I don't know if you know, but I recently... Um, I, I, when the credit crunch came around, my bank, having given me some terrible advice, mm. had to tell me that I may have lost all the money I had, and, and, and certainly half of it. And I thought it'd been very good if they'd, what they'd have done is they'd have suddenly run out with with a with a safety deposit box <laughs> and, and thrown it towards me, and it, and it was just glitter, no money in it at all. It would have been a great way of putting it, it across. They'd gone off in a tiny car and it had fallen apart. That would have been. I, would have I'd taken have been, the sting out of it. I yeah. really felt, but if they'd have started crying, that squirty crying that comes the other side they'd of the table, electrocuted your palm with one of those hand buzzers. As, as they explained the fall of AIG, squirty tears shot across the desk. Would have lightened the mood. I, I don't know whether they work these. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's lots part of business. Part of a leadership course. Yeah. I think it, I'd like to see a banker doing some stand-up comedy in a comedy <laughs> club. I think it might give them an idea that there are there's actually a 
customers who need to be pleased <laughs> and they can you know they can see and respond to them but wouldn't they get more stick than any stand-up comedians ever got yeah bank- any bankers yeah, in tonight it would, it would oh. be very difficult to, it would be very difficult i think the idea is it just sort of boosts their confidence yeah but they do, don't need confidence boosting do we want their confidence boosted we can't no, take we want a, a it unboosted that'd be a double dip <laughs> yeah I spoke to someone recently who'd been working with bankers, and he said mm. to me that um, they said, "Look, it's you know the public have brought this on themselves. Mm. Is when we when we had to get rid of bank charges, we had to because you know they said one bank cut their bank charges and got rid of bank charges. Mm. So every was so one time you, every time you did a transaction, you used to have to pay extra bit. They said since we had to stop that, we've, the only way we can do is by selling them dodgy deals and things. <laughs> so oh." Oh, no, I feel you've been trapped into that. <laughs> I know, I know, I've, che- I've just reversed my opinion on the name. Yeah, exactly. They're victims. I feel compassion. I wish the bank would just call it dodgy deals dodgy on the website. Yeah, dodgy well, deals. yeah I f- that's the trouble. If you call a dodgy deal a dodgy deal, it's no longer a dodgy yeah. deal. I think we all agree with that. <laughs> so, yes, I, I, I've never done an away day or, or anything like that. I've never really had that kind of a job. We didn't, when I worked in a drop forgings... <laughs> An away day meant a day when you'd got so drunk the night before you couldn't breathe. <laughs> but no. We just, we was, a magazine once sent us to the pub and we just, we just kind of got drunk <laughs> and spent their money. I don't what, know what happens. Which is kind of what bankers do yeah. in a way. But yeah, it, was a bit, it felt but a bit training. pointless. They do, there's, an, there's a company that does spy, simulate spies and spy training so you can turn up oh. somewhere in Basingstoke somewhere in Basingstoke and you can pretend to be James <laughs> Bond but I imagine because it's sort of done in a regional way it might be a bit <laughs> rubbish with someone doing a bit of an accent hello there uh, Mr <laughs> Bankers welcome to your mission objective uh, Debbie Debbie go get the guns <laughs> you go like those adverts those Halifax adverts when they're running a radio yeah, station yeah, that's what it's like <clears throat> I love that's those adverts training. yeah well um Bad luck to all the uh, bankers. I hope you have a terrible time. <laughs> um, so anyway, we, we move towards the end of the show. Look, I bet there's some lovely bankers listening, aren't there? There must no. be some nice ones who aren't sort of... Oh, they're good time. They're out, they're out having... They are good time. They're still out from the night before. They are, they're very yeah. like the innkeeper in the nativity <laughs> play. And not dissimilar to King Herod in so many ways. No. Well, exactly. They certainly <laughs> slaughtered a few of my innocents. In fact, they slaughtered my innocence. <laughs> if you receive my meaning anyway enough of this blather um if you'd like to download not the weekend uh, podcast it's available from wednesday and it's us doing similar stuff but without um without the rubbish music um mark crossley is next um former Notts forest goalkeeper made good um and um that's about it if the good lord's willing and the creeks don't rise we'll be back next week at the same time Absolute Radio with Frank Skinner.